who taught me to be a CEO? No one did. I had to learn along the way. And sometimes you have to learn by mistakes. And sometimes that's the best way of learning as long as they're not <laughs> colossal mistakes. <laughs> From Positive Momentum, this is Meet the CEO, a show that takes you right into the working lives of people who have reached the giddy heights of CEO, as some would say, the pinnacle of the career ladder. I'm Jeff Paris, a partner in Positive Momentum, and on today's show we meet Denise Crosley, the CEO of multi-award winning company Lantern Debt Recovery. Since 2008, Lantern has helped over two and a half million people clear their personal debt in a way that is both sympathetic and flexible. Lantern stands out in what can be a rather contentious industry by virtue of its customer care and specifically its customer promise, an approach that has seen them awarded the very rare gold standard for investors and customers, something that I know Denise is especially proud of. She has told me on several occasions, for us, Jeff, it all starts with the promise the promise that we make to all of our customers. So with that intro, Denise, please welcome to Meet the CEO. Well, we get straight into the first question, the question that we ask all our guests, why did you become the CEO? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, I guess I'd like, to, uh, I'd like to think it's because I've worked my way up from the very bottom of the business and I understand every aspect of the business. Um, and along that journey, I have proven myself to be a compliant CEO, which in our sector is very important. Um, building strong relationships, uh, not just with the team, but with clients and regulators. I think I'm considered a trusted pair of hands, which is very important. Got it. Got it. Well, especially, as you say, with the regulator in your particular sector. A lot of people in your position try to preserve some part of their day as a bit special for them for some reason or another. Can I ask, well, what part of your day do you try and keep sacrosanct at all costs? The mornings for me. So the first hour of the morning, I ask my PA to try and not put anything in my diary because I tried it later in the day, but I think sometimes you're too tired. So I prefer to do it in the mornings when I'm fresh and I can think ahead um, and just sit down and look at the things I've got to do that day, plan my day out, just quickly check my emails to see if anything's coming overnight. Um, but that for me is the part of the day that I, I won't compromise on. That's not unusual. There's a lot of research these days that says that generally we're all either morning or, or evening people. We're, we're not very few of us are both. Would you say you're more of a morning type person? I do tend to work into the evenings. I do. And, I, and I, I think that's just because technology has allowed us to do that. Um, so whereas I would have worked later and gone home and had dinner later, I probably have dinner on time and work a little bit after that because that suits my schedule, I guess. But I am more of a morning person. I, li I like to set the day off on yeah. the right footing and, and see what's going on and see what's coming, like I say, from the night before. No, I can, can well imagine. Yeah. Thinking about what may have come in the night before or the day before or whatever, what's been the most challenging event or situation that you've encountered as a CEO? 
Uh, and as you look back, what, what do you think you learned from that? Gosh, the, the most challenging thing as CEO here has got to have been um, when the regulator landed on our door, uh, wanting to take a real look under the bonnet of the business as they began regulating our sector. So there were a couple of things happened there. The regulator needed to know more about our sector, probably wanted to know a little bit more about the clients we were dealing with. And at the same time, see that the business was fit for purpose before authorization of our permissions. It was challenging, I guess, because our sector had never been regulated before, so we didn't know what to expect. We, we sort of, I sort of had to learn uh, on the hoof, which I don't like doing. Uh, so it was a challenge, but I got through it. I think looking back, the biggest thing I learned from it is that although I was comfortable that the business was in the shape it needed to be in, um, there are always things you can do to improve. I, th I think we all know that, that you're never going to get perfection. But it was very interesting to see and listen to a, someone's perspective from outside of the business, uh, which is something I've progressed by having non-exec directors on the board, I guess, from that very interaction with the regulator. So I learned things from it, certainly. Um, and we've definitely improved the business because of it. So I think the other thing is not to be frightened of anything and to, to take things head on, to deal with things head on and not, not to think that you know better than anyone else, because I, I, don't, I really don't believe that's true. And just to embrace it. That sounds like quite a, um, quite a humble approach, actually, and something that certainly in my career, I've seen some of the best leaders be outwardly very humble, very willing to learn take advice, et cetera. That sounds like that's your sort of style as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've sat on the trade industry body board for many, many years, too, too many probably. Um, <laughs> but I, I've learned a lot from doing that by listening to my peers because it's a, it's a trade body board. Um, and I've learned a lot, but I think I've also been able to uh, give a lot too. And it's nice when people listen to you and ask for your advice and equally, I would never hesitate in asking a, a competitor for advice, because if you care about your industry sector, then for me, you should be wanting to share best practice. Yeah, very much so. Brilliant. Thank you. Who would you say has influenced the way that you lead? I'd say it's my team. Okay. Because... Again, and it's a maturity thing as well, but the more people you manage and the way you lead your team matters in terms of how they feel. And I think how they feel is so important in terms of how they interact with you and, and the camaraderie that you build. So again, it's about interacting, listening, feeding back to one another. And if you're doing something wrong, then find out what it is. Mm -hmm. Can you improve on what you're doing? I, I do like to do that. We, we don't always get everything right. It's not possible. We're human beings. Um, but I think that they have definitely been the biggest influence because I'm interacting with them on a daily basis and I can't do the job without them. And they yeah. probably can't do the job without me. So it's a team thing. Brilliant. That's, um, that's a pretty original answer, actually. So well, thank you very much for it. Keeping on the, the, the theme of team... What in your history has been the secret to having an effective executive team around you? 
choosing the right people yes. uh, is key, but not always going off a CV. You, you, you've got to meet people. You've got to get to understand about them as individuals. We all know that CVs can be masterfully written <laughs> and you don't know anyone until you've lived or worked with them. I, I truly believe that. Um, I think not just listening to one person in terms of doing your homework on them, then working with them and ensuring that they understand what your expectations are of them um, and how you like things done, but not being afraid to listen to other ideas. And again, it's back to the listening thing. I like to... I like to promote within. I'm, I'm well known for doing that. But there are occasions when you can't do that. So I think it's having those conversations with those that are left behind to get them to understand why they didn't quite make the grade, but they might make it later on as the business grows. I, I think along the years, people have stayed with me because they like my leadership style. Um, I'm not saying I'm perfect because I'm not, but I'm very honest and open. And I think that's key is not beating around the bush. If there's something to say is to say it, but say it in the right way. Yeah, that's interesting. And when you, when you look at your executive team and how you work with them, do you think you're good at adapting your style to fit their needs? Because we all react differently to different styles, don't we? And to get the best out of a team, often you have to be flexible as a leader. Something I know has challenged others in the past. Is that something that you recognise? Yeah, I do recognise that. Um, I also think you need external help from time to time. Um, so whatever form that may bring, it could be coaching. Uh, so in, in a few weeks' time, we're doing an insights day where we'll all go off together and learn about each other and how do we like to be managed and how do they expect to be managed? Because it, it, it's just about getting to know each other yeah. and, and coming back to the same point about what are the expectations? I mean, sometimes I get a job description out and I might sit with one of the exec and say, let's just read through this and make sure that we're still on track with what you were brought in to do. And has that changed? Or do we need to adapt it? I guess talking to them about what it is, what is it they need to be effective? Have they got the right team? Do they need more support? Do they need more investment in their team? Do they need to do things differently? Do we need to change the system to do that? We're always asking those questions of the exec team. Um, and I think that makes them feel that they're being listened to and heard and they're not just being told you need to do this, you know, make the best of a bad job type thing. Because that's that's doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just continual interaction with them. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Um, last of the questions, really, from me, uh, and we ask this of, of each of the people who kindly give their time to do this. What What's the three pieces of advice that you might give to somebody, perhaps quite new in their career, maybe quite a few years in, but somebody who aspires to be a CEO? Okay, I would say don't be frightened. Right. Don't be frightened to push yourself forward. And forgive me for saying this, but I have to. That message goes out to women more than men because, yeah. unfortunately, it's a tough gig for women. You shouldn't underestimate yourself. 
is a second piece of advice because it's easy to do that. And I know people that haven't put themselves forward for jobs because they underestimate themselves. But, you know, who, who taught me to be a CEO? No one did. I had to learn along the way. And sometimes you have to learn by mistakes. Um, and sometimes that's the best way of learning as long as they're not <laughs> colossal mistakes. <laughs> and I think the other thing is you have to have a great team around you. You're not a one-man band. You can't do it alone. You don't be fearful of, of, of admitting that. You have to have help. And you can't be good at everything. So I think having the best people you can get around you is key. And on some occasions, they on most occasions, probably should be better than you are so that you can guide and direct the business, but leave it to others to execute your plan. Yeah. Denise, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Denise. Thank you for those three. Certainly one of them, the one about the team and them being better than you, is a bit of a recurring theme when we've asked CEOs that same question. However, the one about never underestimate yourself is quite new. I've got a feeling that a lot of people will grab hold of that one. It's very easy to see why Denise has won so many gold awards leading her team at Lantern. She's also been voted as one of the top 20 successful businesswomen to watch in 2021. Just thinking back on what Denise shared with us, I was struck by her continual focus on people. The people piece came up time and time again during our chat. Relationships, people, your team, and even to the extent of going out of your way to listen to your competitors. It reminded me of some wise words I heard long ago. It's not businesses who do business with each other, you know. It's people who do that business. And don't ever forget it. Thanks again, Denise, for a really inspiring session. If that doesn't make our listeners want to subscribe, well, I don't know what will. So go on, click subscribe. And while you're at it, please also do give us a rating. Until next time, best wishes to all our listeners in your various endeavours. And we look forward to welcoming you again soon to the next episode of Meet the CEO.